where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Welcome back to episode 12 of Two White Chicks in China. I hope you've had a good week.、Uh, so let's let's get straight to it. So Nora, what's the fact of the week? Oh man, just right in, no foreplay at all.、Um, today <laughs> I wanted to talk about something that's highly interesting, but a little darker than some of our other facts of the week. We were kind、mm. of joking a bit in the previous ones, but this one、um, it's related to the incident that happened in Kunming last year, I believe it was. Basically,、um, well, it's said that the the minority here—they're called the Uyghurs—and they are a Turkic minority in Western China, and they are being blamed. I don't know if I don't know where the truth lies, but they have gotten the blame for、um, a stabbing that occurred last year that killed 31 people and left 140 injured. So, this last week. Um, three people who were responsible not for the actual stabbings themselves, but for the training of those people and for in- the influence of those people, were actually sentenced and put to death、wow. this week. So see how fast things go in China. Like in the U.S., when you are on death row, you have years and years and、yeah. years. But here, it's it's really swift and seemingly、uh, justice. Yeah, has been served.、Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's the there's a difficulty there in that, of course,、um, for the families of the victims, it's it's good for them. Of course, it happens, and probably that's what they want. They want, you know, they they want retribution, I guess.、Mm. But、um, on the other hand, what if these people were not? It wasn't them. Yeah, there isn't a whole lot of. You don't, yeah. You have to be careful, I guess, what you do in China because I don't think you get a whole lot of time to、so. plead your case or find evidence ver- to support your innocence. I don't think they're very gener-、uh, not generous with those things. Other than like, you know, if they、yeah. think you're guilty, you're guilty. Yeah. <laughs> in a way, that's the way、oh. you lead 1.4 billion people is through some. You have to have some kind of fear. Tactics in place, I think,、yeah. to keep people in line. <laughs> oh yeah, I think so. So that's, that's our crazy. crazy and interesting fact of the week. Sorry, it's a little dark this time, but I find that it's, it kind of gives you an insight into what it's what it's like here, and maybe we could do、uh, more about if people are interested in more about the minorities here in China. But again, we don't want to be too political, so、mm. we're we're waiting for your questions.、Yeah. Actually, so we want to do your topics. So speaking of which, today we have one coming from the UK, right, Holly? We do, all the way from the northeast of England. So、uh, here we go. Hi, I'm Rebecca Lavender, and my question is. With the one baby policy in China, what's the rules if you have twins, triplets, or more? Okay, thanks, Rebecca. That's a that's a, a cool question,、mm. um, and probably something that most people know about, I think, but don't know any details about this.、Mm-hmm. I was the, I was the same, and actually, I've done a bit of research in order to answer this question because it、oh, wasn't、nice. something I knew about or knew a whole lot about. 
Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of thinking to give a little bit of historical background first. All right. To, to talk, to kind of explain what the, what the one-child policies are all about. So this, this came about because of uh, the, the particular man whose name I may or may not be allowed to say. <laughs> uh, so it's Mao, it's him, that guy. Uh, so basically, when he uh, was in power, he, he thought that um, basically the, the bigger the population, the, the more that would like empower the people. That's what he wanted. He wanted the people to feel strong. And in some way he was right. Um, there was a massive decline in infant mortality. The life expectancy uh, went from 35 to 66 in a very short oh, space wow. of time. And children were encouraged, like couples were encouraged to have a lot more children. And because of this, um, the population went from uh, 540 million in 1949 to 940 million Ugh. in seven, uh, 1976, which is a wow. short period of time for the population to like almost double, really. So in the 1970s, like there was this massive panic. Um, people were suggested to people um, were told marry later, and we recommend you only have two children. Um, and even though the population did start to decline a little bit, there was a lot of talk about there being an overpopulation disaster, like mm. the country just becoming a ruin because of the population increase. And a group of mathematicians, I, I find this, this fact a little bit amusing, to be honest, uh, basically discovered that the correct population for China was actually 700 million. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how they, I don't know how they gathered this, I guess got this information. population to arable land or something. Probably something like that, which it's, it's very, very interesting. But they... Put, the government put together a plan that by 2080, the year 2080, they would reach this target. Mm. And they decided to do this with the one-child policy. So that's the reason why China had the one-child policy. So do you know if that plan is still in effect, that they're still trying to reach that same target? Uh, I don't. I'm not sure about that at all. Um, but of course, the we know that the, the one-child policy is still in effect, although not in, in not such a strict mm. Uh, strict way, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, since uh, the early 2000s, the, the laws have started to change a little bit um, uh, because they realised that there was something called the 421 problem. 421. 421, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, this problem is basically when. Uh, there is one one child with two parents and four grandparents, and the China realized the Chinese government realized that this one child would not be able to financially support his two parents, mm. his or her two parents and four grandchildren. So they, that's when they realized that they needed to become more relaxed with these with the with the laws. Mm-hmm. And so, if one, if a, a couple were both only children, they could then have a child themselves. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, you don't think about that. So we've mentioned in previous episodes, too, that in China they don't have pensions. Mm. Um, So basically when you, at least not in the same sense as they would in the U.S., so you rely heavily on your 
your heirs <laughs> to yeah. care for you when you get older. And so exactly if you have if your grandparents are still around and your parents are around, so then that one child is responsible for the lives of six other people. Yeah. Plus their own children and if it's a if it's a man, a lot of times also they have responsibilities to their spouses, their in laws as well. Yes. So it's a huge responsibility financially to yeah. care for all of those people. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So there are a lot of rules actually. Apparent. I think I read there are now twenty five kind of laws. I guess in order for people to kind of get around the one child policy. Mm. Um. And even before I did this research, I, I've heard a lot about these kind of loopholes, I suppose, um, such as going abroad to have children. <laughs> we see that a lot here, too, because in Hong Kong, they don't have that policy. Right. So um, it's actually recently they've been cracking down quite mm -hmm. heavily on this happening. But a lot of the times... When you went to, you, you could go to Hong Kong to give birth to your second or third child yeah. and then bring it back over. <laughs> so you would have the legal documents and paperwork for the child um, and then you just bring it back over. But nowadays, like, if you're a woman in her, um, between 20 and 40, mm -hmm. when you cross the border into Hong Kong, they're looking to see whether or not you're pregnant. So you, yeah. if you have a heavy jacket on, they will make you take it off. Or if you're wearing loose clothing, they'll sometimes pat mm -hmm. you down to make sure you're not hiding a baby bump <laughs> as you go over. It's crazy, isn't it? Actually, mm -hmm. I do remember an ex-colleague of mine, uh, his wife um, was going to Hong Kong to have checkups before mm. the baby was born, even though they knew, of course, she, she couldn't have the baby there. And uh, every time they crossed the border, she would have to prove like what trimester she was in. Oh, so it was quite difficult for her. How do you prove that? I'm not. I have no idea. I can't remember. Maybe to do with maybe she had to carry like doctors, like documents or whatever. She was Chinese. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, but he was foreign, so it was always a big hassle. She would always get pulled aside and harassed a little bit. <laughs> no yeah, fun. Not really. Uh. So so uh. Now. They are, everyone goes to the U.S. And as yeah. a US citizen, or how do you like? How do you feel about that? Because <laughs> they don't go. I don't think they're going to the U.K. To be honest, it's. I mean, a lot of the Chinese people I know that have gone and done this, they all want to go to the U.S. Well, I think that has to do with the recent policies changes between both the United mm. States and China. Because actually, when I first came here, the longest visa that I could get was a one-year visa. Yeah. And now I can get a 10-year mm -hmm. visa for China. And um, that is because the U.S. also, it's, it's reciprocity for the U.S. opening their doors to China. So it's much, much easier for Chinese nationals to get an American visa yeah. as well. So what, what do I think about that? Well, first of all, I mean, obviously it's a strategy, you know, the U.S., since 2000 and let's say seven or eight, the economy hasn't been as good as when I was growing up in happy economics. So I think it's one way that the country can secure financial stability yeah, right. because there's, I mean, these people who are coming from China, typically, if you have the type, if you have the money to come over 
to the U.S. to have to deliver your baby because we're talking about you're going to be there for months. Mm. You yeah. typically have a lot of money, right? So how I mean, how much would it does it is it very expensive coming from the NHS <laughs> in the UK? I don't really know how much these things might even cost. To be honest, are we talking tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands to of actually dollars? have the baby? Yeah. Um, I should know this since my father does this for a living, but, um, actually, I I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how much it costs to give birth in the U.S. I'm sure it varies greatly. Um, I'm guessing on average it would be something like between... Eight and ten thousand oh, okay. dollars for the birth. Okay, it's not as expensive as I thought. It it's was. pricey. I mean, that is a ch- especially it, for no, a new couple. It, it is. It is. Yeah. But I was expecting it to be much more expensive. Yeah, I'm talking about that's in you know that's not in some super fancy private clinic. That's sure. probably pretty standard. And actually, mm-hmm. that may even be after insurance. I'm not even sure. Honestly, I don't know. I know it's very expensive. I know it costs over a thousand dollars to spend the night in the hospital. Woo. Yeah. So typically for when you're giving birth, it's usually a 48-hour, from start to finish, 48-hour mm. um, <laughs> event. Event, Same. yeah. I was thinking <laughs> procedures. Celebrations. No, <laughs> Horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, however you want to put it. So you can imagine it must. And, of course, you need to specialize staff. You need yeah. a lot of attention. So somebody who's staying a night in a hospital may only need occasional checkups, whereas if you're giving birth, it's obviously much more involved. And plus you may need an anesthesiolo- anesthesiologist mm. anesthesiologist on staff yeah. um, as well as a, a doctor. Um, so, yeah, I would guess I would guess something like about eight or $10,000 to have a baby. I haven't looked into it. Yeah. Okay, so it's, I mean, it seems like it's not such a big issue, really, for... Well, that's not, I don't think, yeah, I don't think that's really the biggest cost, even. I think it's more leaving your job. Well, I guess in in China, they actually have, um, I think it's six months off, or six months paid holiday when you... Holiday. Do do, do you (laughs) think think holiday, yeah. I mean... If these, if couples can afford to go to the U.S. to have a baby, I'm kind of wondering: a does the does the woman work to begin with, and the hus- whatever the husband does, he is probably like high up, quite high up in a company or owns a company, mm. so he can probably just like swan off if he fancies it. Yeah, for a few months. Of anyway. course, there are different levels. Definitely, there are a lot of people like that who mm. is. It's nothing for them to go over to the U.S. But I'm sure that there are some that consider it, even though it's not necessarily easy for them to do. At least it's doable. And then, of course, any baby born on American soil automatically has U.S. citizenship. And then it's quite easy for their parents to get a green card and um, the option to work in the U.S. too. So it comes with a lot of, I don't want to say easy, but obviously easier than if you just apply for a green card without mm-hmm. having a child who was born in the U.S. Yeah, but I think it's it's like good to say that most of the I think most of these couples that go to the U.S. to have children, they don't stay there; they come back. Mm-hmm. But I think it's not it's not like birth tourism. It's like we just like you said, you said it was a holiday. Like let's just go to the U.S., have the baby, come back. I, that's I mean that's what I think. Yeah, I think some stay, do. some don't, but um. 
a lot of the times, especially these nouveau riche people <laughs> yeah, <they're> <laughs> who have all the money <laughs> in the world, they say, hey, you know, this is a good opportunity for me to secure myself a spot in the U.S. Um, mm -hmm. So they have the baby there, but then they aren't westernized at all. So they have a harder time actually assimilating to U U.S. culture. Yeah, I imagine. Um, I think I don't know. For me, uh, I don't. I don't really personally mind all of that immigration from China if those Chinese people are willing to assimilate yeah. in a certain sense. I'm not saying they have to learn English immediately, but. Um, I don't particularly think that setting up all these Chinatowns all over in the U.S. cities is a good thing. I mean, having having um, a place where Chinese people meet mm -hmm. and hang out is one thing, but yeah. to actually establish your own mafias and, you know, you, you they're doing illegal things there. They're doing things like... Um, they will because you know Chinese people do look alike. I'm sorry if that's racist, but they a lot of them do because they all have mm -hmm. the same colored hair, yeah. same colored eyes, very similar facial features. So for American or for foreigners, it's more difficult to distinguish one person from the other. Mm -hmm. And so what they'll do is, if somebody in the U.S. dies and they hold an American passport, they will sell that to somebody else. So you'll have people who are holding passports who are like 120 years old. Really? But, you know, they look like they're 30 or 40. They just keep passing them down to people who look somewhat <laughs> similar wow, that's... to and them. So obviously I don't support that because obviously there's not tax-paying citizens. Wow. This is the illegal that's crazy. black and, market. And I, and I mean... Um, family the family resemblance is very strong here it's mm. like i mean not just i mean as foreigners you can sometimes be like oh you can tell you look like your dad or you look like your mom <laughs> but these people look like peas in a pod well because like, a lot of them they haven't strong because i mean we, you and i we come from cultures that we naturally just disperse i mean we are i mean we're of like viking descent yeah. basically so we are naturally our dna is quite more it, it's obvious it's more diverse yeah of course so you can tell, yeah, those people um, are typically, maybe they're, because it's also popular for them to marry somebody who's from their hometown. Yes, that's true. So it's like they have a long history in that mm -hmm. hometown. So if you are, if all the generations your family are from a certain area and your spouse's generation are from a certain area, obviously they're going to have some more of a yeah. resemblance to each other based off of environment, diet, genetics, what have you. Yeah than somebody who's coming from a completely thousands of miles away. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense why they would be able to get away with something yeah. like that. So me as an American, wow. I don't, obviously I don't support that. I don't support the Chinese black market in the U.S. I think it really messes with the system. Uh -huh. um, but in general, if they're willing to assimilate, if they're <laughs> relatively educated, not just necessarily hold a degree, but mm -hmm. have contribute something to the society, yeah, sure. Even if it's manual, but mm. they're they are, I don't know, of sound mind. Yeah. Then I don't, I don't. That's the whole principle of the U.S. is to come and become whoever you want to be. Mm. So far be it for me to judge people who are doing that. You know, yeah. just a couple hundred years after my own ancestors <laughs> are doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting way to look at it. I mean, I've heard it, it can go both ways, can't it? I mean, I've heard stories about. Uh, cities and towns in Canada specifically because mm. I know there's quite a large population of uh, Chinese people there where 
like you mentioned, Chinatowns, people have set up towns, uh, but they, they don't really want to kind of uh, get involved with the na native Canadians, I guess. Mm -hmm. And they very much keep themselves to themselves. And there, there's been issues with like street signs and uh, shop signs where the Chinese people that own the shops refuse to kind of uh, translate the signs into English and things like that. Oh, wow. And, and, and vice versa, like English signs, not in Chinese. I mean, yeah, I don't know. If those people are prepared to strap on an AK-47 and go to war for Canada, then I have no uh, problem with that. But I have a feeling that as yeah, soon as a war would break out, then a lot of them would be running back to China. So yeah. that's where my, yeah, that's where I think too. Like yeah. if, if you, yeah, if you're willing to contribute to the society, to protect the society, mm you're welcome to come. But if you're there just to leech off the system and run your own mafia and yeah. take advantage of other, um, maybe less fortunate, usually it's other immigrants, then I'm not interested in having you mm. in our country. That's, 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 a, that's a bad point. Kind of go on. So let's kind of here. like rewind a little bit. So the reason we were talking about uh, children being born abroad is because if, uh, a couple who legally should not have a second child does so, um, they're probably going to pay quite a hefty fine. Mm, mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure about how much they, they might have to pay. We've heard estimates for, of course it varies from region to region, mm. but we have heard estimates up to, because you know, Shenzhen, where we are now, is quite a bit more, um, the standard of living is quite a bit higher than most of China, yeah. if not all of China. Maybe Shanghai rivals it, mm -hmm. or parts of Beijing, but it's definitely on the top. So they, th we've heard estimates of 200,000 renminbi. Mm -hmm. So that's, that is a pricey yeah. child. I wonder, so I wonder if that's, I wonder if that's cheap, uh, more expensive than if you were to go to like the US to have your child. I mean, of course, if you go to the U.S., they also get a, they also get U.S. citizenship. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just wondering if that wears out for a lot of people. Like, it's actually going to yeah, be cheaper I wonder, for me actually, to fly and have his baby abroad than to. It will pay probably that almost fine. be similar because that's something mm -hmm. like forty thousand dollars or something, right? So mm -hmm. a little less, but still somewhere yeah. around that range. So if it only costs about ten thousand to do it in the states. Obviously, airfare is not that expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's funny though because I it must level out. I mean, money wise, it can't be just about money because I've had um, ch uh, China well children that are born abroad. So, for example, that craze when they were all born in in Hong Kong. Um, so those children are probably like six or, or older now. Um, when they apply to go to a uh, uh, school. Um, at six years old, if the child is not mainland Chinese, then they then the parents then have to pay another fine to mm. get them to a school. Yeah, probably. I'm not sure on the I'm not exactly sure on the details on that. It's just kind of what I've, I've heard over. They don't make it easy. I mean, even no. if you are exceptionally wealthy, it's a sliding scale. So mm. they don't want you to. Just, you know, you if you're super rich, you're not above the law here. I mean, a lot of the times it's not exactly the same proportionately, but it's not like if for one family 
who has a certain income level, it's not going to be the same for somebody who has more. So it's not like mm-hmm. these rich people, it's not like all the rich are able to just populate <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I want to go back to Rebecca's question because she was asking, mm-hmm. first of all, okay, Rebecca Lavender, is that not like the most lovely name you've ever heard <laughs> in your cute. whole life? Yes. <laughs> um, and she's, she was saying about twins or triplets, which I thought was yeah. a really interesting it topic. Is. Yeah. Um, well, as far as I can find, um, parents who have twins or triplets or multiples of children, um, they're not penalized in any way for having mm-hmm for having multiple birth. However, there has been a massive increase uh, in twins since, I think, 2006. Hmm, very suspicious. <laughs> they, they've put this down to IVF treatment. Yeah, which is, I believe, is technically illegal, right? Is it? Uh, that's, I, I didn't know. I would imagine it would be illegal. Otherwise, you'd think most... But, can, I, but I'm guessing... I'm not guessing. I'm assuming they go to Hong Kong for that. Mm. Or go somewhere else to be inseminated. <laughs> is that right? Inseminate? Is that the right word to use? Well, um, was it I in vitro? The, is I that... said the word and then thought, big cow. <laughs> IVF, is that in vitro? Is yeah. that what that yeah, is? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think it's just a shot of hormones which makes you produce more than you would normally mm. would of eggs. I think that's... I don't I'm not actually not that familiar sorry ladies out there who know know. what this is but the point is I'm pretty sure it's illegal here in China to those fertility drugs Um, along with which is another interesting topic is that it is illegal to know the sex of your child yes that's true why would that be Mm, Mm. I don't know could you prefer one over the other (laughs) which is also an interesting topic because in the 90s especially, because of such strict um, policy changes in the late 80s, where uh, all of a sudden the family, it was, it was very, very difficult to have more than one child. Mm-hmm. Of course, the man still has a much higher earning potential yeah. here in China. And is stronger physically. Right. Can work a plow. Yeah. <laughs> which is what it's I like in my men <laughs> so um, they obviously if you f- could find out whether or not you were carrying a girl or a boy if you had a girl you would abort her and then you try again for a boy Yeah. so there were a lot of there's a lot of this thing happening and not only that but when they because for some it's just um, th- maybe for some areas of China, the techniques to even like tell the sexes wasn't weren't mm. even that developed. I'm guessing mm. because I mean a lot of times you do need special equipment, yeah. and we're talking about when China. The difference between China in the late '80s and China now is so vast. Yeah. So a lot of them probably didn't even have the method. So then they would go ahead with the whole birth, give birth to the baby, but then they would either they would find some way to dispose of it. Yeah. Yeah. I've read a little bit about adoption during this time. Um, so there was, you know, there's a massive amount of girls in, um, uh, what's the word for, for a place where children go to Orphanage. And an orphanage. <laughs> and these orphanages were like, what, what, were just awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and these girls um, have been, got, become known as the missing, missing women. Mm. Um, and they, they reckon now that 
these missing women, are, uh, there's about uh, maybe a million or so <gasps> of these missing women. Holy cow. Which is, it's probably more than that. I you mean a million that were adopted out of, like, out of China? Yeah, well, just, yeah, uh, I don't know if this is out of China or not. I'm guessing it must be. Mm, maybe I mean, some of it. For sure, I mean, I, there most of the babies that you would adopt from China would be female. Mm. Maybe it's different nowadays, but at least I mean I know a family personally. I'm from a small town too, and I still know a family who adopted a Chinese really? girl in the nineties. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. I can't say I do. I just read something too about uh, how a lot of the because now babies of that era they are now adults. Yeah. So a lot of them are now going back to China. To try to find their birth oh, parents. Wow. Oh, actually, I've also read a lot of these stories recently. Yeah, like, recently there's like kind of been a movement yes, or something. Yeah, like 25 years later when they meet and it's all like tears. It's it's heartwarming, to be honest. It's sad. that the, the reality is sad because it must be quite hard to realize that you, you were given away because you were a girl. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you would really come to terms with that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, now... Uh, there's still this massive like discrepancy between men and women uh, in China, uh, and there's just this massive lack of women. Yeah, which actually leads to a lot of human trafficking from some of the other Southeast Asian countries, such as Myanmar, formerly known as Burma, mm-hmm. Thailand, Vietnam, Laos. Yeah. So you get actually a lot of women who are smuggled over the border. Mm-hmm. Maybe some come willingly, but a lot of them um, are forced and they're illegally smuggled into the country and sold basically as wow. slaves. Yeah. To, so who, I mean, who to, to whom? I don't know. Um, I haven't done extensive research. I just know because there are millions and millions of men in China mm-hmm. Who, there, there are millions more men in China than there are women. Yes. So you have millions of men who are without wives mm-hmm. or a chance to yeah, right. have a family. So people get desperate. It's hard, you know. We coming, we're coming at it with a Western perspective. It's, it's the same thing with the female infanticide of the '90s. You know, mm-hmm. for me, it's so impossible to understand yeah. how you could give away your baby. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair, really, to judge with the Western mindset because you have no idea what kind of pressures these people are under just to survive. So I just want to say that because it can sound, can sound really horrific, but you have to, you have to look at the whole story. So yeah, there is a lot of human trafficking, but it's out of this sheer desperation to, to be able to survive, to be able to have an heir and to continue your bloodline. Yeah. So it's doesn't make it any less awful, but it makes it a little bit more, I guess, like understandable. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um. um Just putting it into perspective. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh. So. A. F- uh. So that there's been some like I mean obviously massive criticisms towards the this one child policy, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of parents have been kind of criticised for un- overindulging their ch- the children, especially boys. Mm-hmm. And there's this thing called known as little emperor syndrome, <laughs> where boys I've seen that in are single like sure. <laughs> single, yeah only children only yeah they're 
this one boy from a, from parents, and they're totally uh, spoiled. Doting, yeah, doting. doting on them. But that, I don't think that's really, it seems to have kind of continued down, because I think even children now are still treat like that. Like these little emperors, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a different topic altogether, but... <laughs> well, I wonder, I mean, if I were, if I knew that as I got older, my whole life would be dependent on how well that heir would treat me, then I would also mm-hmm. be very, very nice to them. <laughs> Remember your Auntie Nora? How, yeah. how many chocolates she would sneak you? You know, like, you had to think about it. Yeah. I mean, some of it is, some of it I'm sure is just sheer, you know, you only, you have four sets of, you have four grandparents. So, yeah. I don't know. I, fortunately in my family it wasn't really like that but I, mm-hmm. I've known other families where the grandparents kind of compete oh compete for attention yeah. especially if they all live in the same town yeah they tend to oh you know my grandmother gave me this or my grandfather gave me that mm-hmm. and so there is a bit of competition like yeah. who are the favored grandparents so there is I think there is some of it is that but I think also they know that they are going to be burdening that child for a long mm. time, and so they're kind of like, oh, I, at least this is this is just my perspective, but it makes a lot of sense, though. I think. Yeah, that they would say, you know what? Enjoy sense. your youth. I'm yeah. gonna give you everything that you want because later I know you're gonna be the one yeah. to support me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I, that's I think that's a lot of reasons why some provinces over the last five years have, have like uh, loosened their restrictions on this one-child policy. Uh, especially in Hernan, it seems to be the province that started the uh, the flexibility. I'm not sure why they mm. they were the ones that, to kind of kick it off, um, but in certain circumstances, for example, if the uh, father has been dis- has become disabled once he's been older, he's become older. They can have another child. Um, I, I, I'm kind of assuming this is so they can help provide for the family. Mm. Another child can help provide. Probably, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Makes sense. Yes. So do we have any anything else to add to this? Well, I think, I mean, in, in summary, if you have twins or triplets, yeah. no, you won't be, you won't be penalized, but the use of fertility drugs mm. is not okay. So maybe in the future that will change. Like maybe they'll try and prevent that as well. Fertility. So maybe. Fertility. maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't think that. F- I uh, of course I'd have to do research on that, but I don't mm. think fertility drugs are on the market here. Um. So so that I mean that makes sense because yeah. a lot of times you get multiple births. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but if if it happens, at least at this point. Uh, you don't get penalized, you're fine, but um, in general, still, especially if you're not from a family, like if your family, you have a few siblings, and his family have a few siblings, Mm -hmm. then they will hold you more tightly to the one child's policy. Yeah, I think so too. So, if you want to see uh, uh, any of the things we've talked about today, you can uh, go to writtenchinese.com slash episode 12 um and i'll put maybe some links to some further information if we find out the the reality about the ivf thing Mm. which i'm sure is it's probably it probably doesn't exist in china so we'll 
we'll find out for you. I would be surprised if it did, unless it was like they had some mm. special cases. Yeah. But yeah, I would be surprised if it did. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's talk about our uh, word, our Chinese word. Oh yeah. So uh, I thought maybe for this question, mm. the best Chinese word to teach you would be to be born. Okay, cool. So to say to be born in Chinese, you say chu sheng. So chu sheng, both are first tones, C H U S H E N G. And it literally means to come out into life. Chu sheng. Nice. So that's your little mini Chinese lesson of the week. Awesome. So you can see that again on uh, writtenchinese.com slash episode 12. Uh, well, thanks. Thank you very much for listening. Rebecca, thank you very much for your question. If anyone else has a question, you can go to writtenchinese.com slash voicemail. Slash voicemail, slash voicemail, <laughs> slash voicemail. <laughs> yeah, and don't forget to check out our Facebook page, please. Facebook.com. It's looking, it's looking pretty lonely, you guys. Two white, two white chicks. Nobody likes us. <laughs> We've had a couple of likes. No, no, we nice. And you can listen to the podcast there. Mm-hmm. Check you can it out, please. You can get alerted when whenever we have new That's episodes right. coming out. Yeah. And uh, if you leave a comment, we'll read out next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure will. Please do. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye.